I want to give both a shout out and a warning uh, to Chris up in our tech booth. Um, I want to make sure you guys get over there to see uh, Pastor Nikki. So I'm going to kind of blow through these pretty fast. I may even skip a few. So here we go. Um, most of you probably know that I come from Kansas. And, um, you know, I, I always get the Wizard of Oz thing, which is fine. Um, but my mother-in-law has one of my favorite magnets of all time. And I wasn't able to find it uh, to post it on a screen, so I, I did the best I could. But the magnet is, you see Dorothy, and she says, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore. And you see Toto say, good. <laughs> now, that's not to say that I hate Kansas. But, um, you know, when you love something, you can kind of talk uh, about them. Um, one of the things that I don't miss about Kansas is this apprehension toward change. Now, that's not to say, I mean, I think that is a Midwestern value, you know, that we're, we're the same that we've always been. Um, and, and to say, and not to say that I'm above that, because the other day I was at one of my favorite coffee shops. And um, so I go there and I like to drink out of a mug. It's part of the ritual. I don't really like the paper cups plus, you know, creation care. And uh, so I go there, and I say, I would like a coffee in a mug. And the, the person just kind of looks at me. She says, well, we, we don't give mugs. I was like, but, but they're right there. She said, oh, those are, those are employee mugs. And then, you know, we have mugs. If you want to bring them, it can stay on the shelf. I, and I have this existential crisis because this has never happened to me before. I always get the, see, this is the Midwestern coming out of me. I was like, but I always get a mug. And it was like, am I in the twilight zone? Because she just looked at me as though I was crazy. And I thought, I swear, every time I have come in here, I've asked for a mug and I get it. And, and everybody was like, yeah, we don't, we don't give out mugs. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> am I in the right coffee shop? But I thought about it. I was like, why was I so hung up on getting, not getting a mug? I don't like change. So I'm just saying, as one of your pastors, as one of the preachers, it, it bugs me too sometimes because, like many of us, I sort of equate change with loss. Because as Anne said so well, we like to be agents of change. We do not like to be recipients of change. To say it another way, we're fine with change. We don't like to be changed. When we receive change, um, sometimes we get nervous and we get hesitant and we, and we hold tight um, and this goes all the way back to Scripture with Exodus. Remember the joy of Exodus that Moses showed up and he freed the people out of Egypt, and then they start wandering in the desert, and they're like, well, it wasn't that bad. Um, it was okay to be a slave. Let, let's, let's go back there, because at least we knew where we stood. Because uh, right now we're just standing in a desert, and it's more desert, and we don't know where we're going, and I can't take all of this mystery. Plus, I'm seeing the same cloud, the same pillar of I even, changed, I even changed my mic. Must be my, must be my pack. It changed again. Okay. Um, so change is scary. I get it. And and to be honest, I don't I don't like it either. Um, so why all this talk about Paul? Paul is both a recipient and an agent of change. And again, like Emily said on the video, I'm not always the biggest pan, fan of Paul. Um, he can be direct at the very least and some other things at the very worst. But at the same time, um, he admits that loss is possible and, and it's probable. But he also says this. This comes from Philippians chapter 3. He reads, Whatever gains I had, whatever I had in the past, these I have come to regard as loss 
because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And so, Paul writes, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the Lord. And so I press on. I press on in the midst of change. I press on to lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me. Siblings, I do not consider that I have laid hold of it, but one thing I have laid hold of, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on. I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So what is it that we're really afraid of losing uh, when this change happens? And why are we so afraid of it that we also don't think about what we gain? As Anne said, we have lost a lot of staff, but we've also gained a lot of great staff, a lot of fantastic staff. We have lost clergy, but we are getting new clergy. Uh, Charlie was at annual conference, uh, which was great. It was great to see him, to, to be with friends. And uh, there he is with his son Paul moving into his house. There's the welcome basket that a lot of you were uh, a part of making for him. What about all the things that we are gaining? What about all the things that we remain as we are? Again, I think sometimes we forget that. In the midst of change, God is still telling us, you are still part of the kingdom of God. You are still part of this great thing that is happening, and you can continue to be a part of that. Okay, I wasn't going to say this, but I got to do it because you know I'm a comic geek, but I, I promise I'll be very, very fast with it. So there, there's this character, Swamp Thing. The only thing you need to know about him is he's a guy who became a plant, very, very strong, very powerful. His enemy captures him one day and um, tries to replicate the formula that made him so strong and powerful. He tests it out on one of his henchmen. The guy ends up shrinking. He doesn't gain the strength. He shrinks down to this shadowy persona. And so the villain captures him and he says, I did everything that you did. Why doesn't he have your strength? And Swamp Thing says, because he never had it. And that's what you don't understand. The formula that changed me is the same thing. All it does is amplify your essence. It simply, it simply makes you more of what you already are. That is the transformation of Jesus Christ. It's not that we've come, become a totally new person. When Saul became Paul, the reality is Paul was always Paul. He just let himself become Saul until the formula finally kicked in and he was able to finally be the person that he always was. That's the secret to Christian transformation. It simply makes you more of what you already are, which is the Imago Dei, the image of God. So when we are called to transform, whether it's personhood or spirit or service or welcoming in new staff and clergy or whatever the new thing is, it's about making us more of who we already are, which is beloved, in Jesus Christ. And that's the story that we need to tell. This is exactly what Bishop Fannin is preaching about next door right now. Go tell the story. Reverend Alex Shanks preached uh, here last week, not in this service, but the others. And he was talking about the story. And he's like, why we, we give praise of restaurants and movies and books and, and stuff 
Why don't we do that with Jesus? And I think I figured it out. Maybe. I don't know. Um, we talk a lot about Jesus just dying for us. And that's it. Jesus died for our sins. So let's say you're a new person, and that's the story that you hear. What does that tell you? A, you don't need to know anything about Jesus other than he died for you, and he died for you because you're a bad person. And we wonder why nobody wants to come to church. I'm telling the story, Jesus died for your sins. That's not the whole story. And that's why people need to know about the life of Jesus and the resurrection. To say that somebody that you don't know died for you because you're a horrible person that's not a story that's really going to work. But if you talk about the life of Christ, and if you talk about the life that happens before, and how that has changed us, maybe that might make a change to the world who needs to know that they can be more of who they already are. And this is what happens when we come to the table. Jesus doesn't give us the bread and the cup so that we can be brand new people. He wants us to have the bread and the cup so that we can be everything that we're supposed to be, that we were created to be from the very beginning, but we have forgotten what that means because of whatever reason, because of our own decisions or because of the world's circumstances, whatever has caused us to forget our name and create a new one, Jesus is saying, no, remember who you were. Remember the image that you were created in. This is why my body is broken and it is given to you. Remember me. Remember who you are and become more of who you are when you are in relationship with me. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, taking that cup He's saying, this is all that I am. Everything that I am, everything that makes me me, is right here. And I'm giving it to you so that you can remember all of who you are and that I am always with you. Remember this. Do so in remembrance of me. Let us pray together. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit on those gathered here and on these gifts. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with you, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, through your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours now and forever. Amen. I would like to